Pubcast. So I would kind of absorb all of the the criticisms and the judgments and the frustrations from everybody around me, and I didn't know how to leave it at the door. And I would go home and just be exhausted and tired and sad. So I went out and on my own time, you know, seek different modalities. Welcome to the Liberated Healer Podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hey, welcome everyone to the Liberated Healer podcast with me, your host, Gina Cavalier. And I am your co-host, Linnea Hodson. Gina, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to get down to brass tacks today. Um, Talk a little bit about the Liberated Healer and why it was formed and a little bit about the mission, a little bit what we teach we're going to give people real ideas on how they can improve their lives today. Um, as you know, we try to get real to the heart of the matter instead of a lot of fluffy, uffy. But sometimes fluffy, uffy is really good. So let's just see where that leads us. But um, I'm going to talk a little bit about me. Yes, I love it. Tell me well, all about you. Well, I'm a wellness entrepreneur. I'm an intuitive healer, meditation coach, um, speaker, author, and... I have a background in entertainment and tech for almost 20 years, and I was working in all the studios and on all the big movies such as Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts. I was in the marketing department. I was working on technology, building platforms. I actually taught Cameron Crowe back in the day. I don't even know if he remembers this, but I taught him how to chat Talking about Almost Famous. That was one of the movies that I worked on with Kate Hudson. How wild. Yeah. That's so cool. So I love to be kind of the first ever person. The person that's the first ever to do this kind of new technology to do that. And um, so I that made me get a lot of work in the entertainment business. But anyways, I entertainment business can be really hard. Yes, it can. And, um, I'm a highly sensitive person and combine those two. There was many times that I was suffering, 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 and I'm an overachiever and a hard worker. And this was almost embarrassing often at times. How do you manage all these different things? And I also had something called perfect. I call now perfect pictures where Mm. always there's no way that I couldn't be perfect or that that campaign didn't get executed perfectly or that project. And that can be a really hindering point in your life when you're trying to be perfect. Yeah. And, uh, so I would kind of absorb all of the, the criticisms and the judgments and the frustrations from everybody around me. And I didn't know how to leave it at the door. Yeah, you would really take it on as your own. Absolutely. And I would go home and just be exhausted and tired and sad. So I went out and on my own time, you know, seek different modalities, which was all of the traditional religious stuff at first. So Hinduism, Buddhism, Kabbalah, did a little Reiki and, you know, trying to meet different people to seek some stuff. And finally I did find something that I felt really worked for me. Yeah. And the thing is, is that because I do like to be efficient 
and like I said, I'd love to do this like first ever type of uh, work. This was something that wasn't really mainstream at all. And actually, it originally started by a gentleman by the name of Lewis Boswick. And he started a company called the Berkeley Psychic Institute. And yes, it has the word psychic in it, but what reality it was is that recognizing energy and how it affected us and how we could hone it and control it into a way that wasn't all over the place and that was grounded. And that gave me so much hope instantly because I could see it, I could manage it, I could put protections up. And at the end of the day, I, you know, I've seen all kinds of amazing things happen in the energy work, but even if it's all hooey Mm -hmm. and it's a placebo effect is actually still an effect. Absolutely. Because in my mindset, it changed my energy and what I brought to me and how I managed my life. So I fully believe, and I know in my whole heart that the energy is real and that we are all energy. Yes. But um, for even the the skeptics out there, if you even if you were to do this, it and have the placebo effect, it still would give you that feeling of gaining your seniority, cleaning your space, releasing people that their energy and their thoughts that are in stuck in your space that you don't want them there anymore. So that's some of the processes that really helped me. One of my favorite things that I learned, I just love this so much is I used to pre-set up energetically my meetings, especially if I was going to speak or if it was something that I was lead a big meeting I was leading. And sometimes these are meetings with directors or really important marketing people in the room that you know, these people could be very intimidating at a studio level. Right. So I used to go in and pre-set up the meeting energetically where I would imagine everybody that was going to be there. I would ground the room and I would ground all the people and, and I would, you know, just bring in all this like energy of flowers and kindness and love and look at the, the topic and I would ground the topic and I would just put, you know, just all this really great energy on it. And also for myself, and I would see myself be able to, I could recognize the difference for when I would go into that meeting mm-hmm. and how I would handle people. And there was an air of confidence that was coming from like, not a place of ego. It was coming from just a kind place as in, you know, I see you, I hear you. We're all here to accomplish this goal in this X thing. Yeah. Versus when I didn't do that in meetings, not even just for myself, that the meetings were more chaotic, mm-hmm. all over the place. We didn't get as much done. People didn't seem connected. And this was a test that I would do over and over and over again. And if I didn't preset the meetings, meetings they had a whole different feel for them. Oh, yeah. And, Energy is a very real thing in that way. Yeah, and in a lot of ways. And that's why... When people really start to realize the control that they have at their own, for lack of a better word, fingertips, yeah, <laughs> and be able to manipulate their life for the positive on them on every single day basis, mm-hmm. it kind of can be addicting. Yeah. It really can. It's it's something. The first thing that I do when I wake up is I have to ground. Absolutely, I feel the same. 
You do? Yeah. I don't even get on social media until I ground myself. That's something that I've implemented recently. And it completely has changed the energy going into the day. If I get up and immediately look at my phone and go on social media, I'm just automatically stepping into other people's worlds and their energies. And if I ground myself before doing that, then it sets me up to have a day where I'm more focused and I have more mental clarity. And then I can move into dealing with other people's energies. And it's just a way more, it's a less chaotic day to use the same word. <laughs> well, I love that because you are setting the your correct intention, but you're not Xing things out of your life. And that's no. not what we're trying to talk about here. It's, you know, when we talk about say social media or media, getting that out of your space and the images and, and how that's blocking sometimes people's emotions or thought patterns and it's getting stuck there. Yeah. We're not trying to promote, don't do that. No, you at know, all. But there is a healthier relationship that you can have with it. Absolutely. It's just setting boundaries within yourself and your own energy. Um, For my own personal experience, I have had a few traumas. So I have PTSD on a a couple uh, things. And for some reason, my PTSD, the first thing I do when I wake up is I am in fight or flight mode every single time I wake up. Oh my gosh. So I wake up panicked like the world is on fire. As soon as I wake up and I open my eyes, I have a process now, open my eyes, I look over at my sweet boyfriend, Andrew, and I look over and I say, okay, he's here, I'm safe. I look around, I look at my dogs. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm safe, the world isn't on fire. And then I I ground myself and I I call back my energy and I do my process and and then I go, oh, okay. And literally it's like a two-minute thing. Yeah. But before I had these skills, I would just wake up in this panic mode, then I would go and get coffee. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? So that was my process. And then I would run off to work and, you know, try to hurry off and into this and then like run into a meeting. Yeah. Think about that whole thing compared to just this two minute thing that I do every morning that has completely changed the way I handle and talk to people and meetings and things like that. And that's amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really wanted to, kind of talk a little bit about the modalities that the liberated healer kind of focuses on. So the idea is that we're here to um, teach people how to heal themselves. So I want to go back to that term healer because I think that that's really interesting. Yes. Um, I had a teacher tell me once, and I loved this and I use it all the time. You know, you're not healing anybody, right? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm the liberated healer. What do you mean? You just pushed my bubble completely. Um, I'm doing such a good job healing people. (laughs) And they said, no, no, no. What you do is you represent the healed state. And that is your job. Yeah. So you represent the healed state. You're constantly working on yourself. And you're elevating yourself and you're working on yourself and you're growing. It's almost just like like from a seedling to a tree and you're, you're maintaining this healthy balance energetically. Yeah. And then when you are around them, their soul or spirit has to decide, do I meet them mm-hmm. or do I just sit where I am? And if you just sit where you are, it's a struggle. Those are the people who are like, yeah, um, you know what? I'll, they all of a sudden will leave the room. I have to go. Their, yeah. their spirit is just like, no, I'm not ready for this, it's right? not ready for it, yeah. Yeah. 
and then what we do is we teach people the tools how to ground themselves and run their energy to help them kind of elevate themselves. So that's sort of the whole process about being a healer. And I have to tell you that that actually made me feel later on down the road a lot better about starting this company because I felt if you had the term healer, that that was a lot of responsibility that you're taking for that other person. Yes. And that's why it took me 15 years to get into this work full time because I was thinking, wow, that, you know, I have their whole soul in my lap (laughs) and I have to make sure they're okay. And, you know, I'm this, the perfect picture is coming back, right? Yeah. Got to be perfect. And wow, that's a giant responsibility. That's a lot. That's a lot on your shoulders. Yeah. So I think that term healer and realizing that, um, I'm not the healer, I'm representing the healed state and then I have to maintain that and, just teach them the tools and then let them go and see how they experience it. I think that's such a beautiful way to go about this as well. And that's what drew me to you in the first place was that I didn't feel like it was a, you know, quote unquote psychic that you go to and you have to go see them once a month so they can give you your reading and tell you how your life is going and what you need to do better or whatever. That's why it took me so long to link up with a, intuitive healer here in Los Angeles because I just didn't click with anyone. Yeah. And that was something that really attracted me to you in the first place was that you told me right off the bat that you were here to help me heal myself. It's not something that you were doing to me, you know? Yeah. And I always use that analogy as, um, would you rather go to a doctor who's going to teach you how to, you know, be healthy or be able to heal yourself or help yeah. yourself? Or would you rather go to that doctor that wants to see you every week for the next two years? Oh my gosh. And right. even in any kind of doctor situation, I've always used that when I'm picking people that I'm working with mm-hmm. because we've all had those ones. It's like, oh, your time is up. We'll see you next week and we'll see you next week and we'll see you next week. And it's yeah. just this long going thing. And no, it doesn't work for us type efficient, productive types. Yes. <laughs> that. Yeah. So I just want to tell you guys how I met Linnea was really, I just started my company, the Liberated Healer. Actually, Liberated Healer came about one night in April, 2021, when I overdosed on a little bit of CBD. (laughs) (laughs) So you're only supposed to do three drops and I did three whole little vials. Oops. And I'm just trying to get some sleep. But so I was laying there kind of on my iPad, you know, just kind of trying to fall asleep. And then all of a sudden, yeah, wowza, I was just in another planet, totally uh, outside my body. And I, I didn't know what to do about it. I'm already gone. I'm not someone that can smoke pot or handle any type of outwardly uh, mind altering substances. substances yeah. No, I just never been a big fan cause I like to be in control too much. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sitting there and just, you know, didn't know what to do, but kind of enjoying it at the same time, but was definitely overstimulated. Yeah. And I saw really like this energy come in that kind of surrounded me and it was clear as day and said, it's time for you to teach what you know. And people need this. People are learning and growing so much faster than they used to. 
and the world is changing and they are ready for this and they need it and they need it now. And I was like, okay, I guess that's what I'm doing. And during that night, I never went to sleep. I just, I did the mission plan. I actually created a website. I did the logo. I did pick the name. I did everything just sitting in that one. I don't even know if I went to the bathroom. I literally just sat in that chair in in bed and created this whole thing while my boyfriend slept. (laughs) And then he woke up and he said, didn't you go to sleep last night? And I was like, no. I have this whole crazy company and I'm so excited and da 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 And crazy look in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'm going to do free meditations and da-da-da-da. And literally I started the free meditations the next week. Yeah. And I never had a, I never had a no-show where nobody ever showed up. And it was literally that fast. That's amazing. And I think within a couple of weeks I met you. Yes. I was going into a, a shop and I was looking at some books and all kinds of frilly things. And you were working there. Yep. And in the background I heard, and we had, you know, we have to wear masks. So in Los Angeles, so you can't see someone's face. You could just see, you have really beautiful eyes, by the way. So do you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, you just see the eyes and I'm like, gosh, she has pretty eyes and this long blonde hair that I wish I could always have. Oh. <laughs> Little mermaid. So she's, you were talking to some client I was talking to one of my coworkers, actually. It was her first day, and, you know, this is a spiritual shop, so you can ask someone what their sun, moon, and rising signs are, you know, for our astrology people out there, and you're going to know them right off the top of your head. So I was asking her what her sun, moon, and rising are. I like to know who I'm working with, and she told me that she had a Libra moon. And I said, oh, cool, me too. I also have a Libra moon. Gina is just on the other side of the shop, absorbed (laughs) in the books, not really paying attention. And then I said, I have an Aquarius sun and a Leo rising. And then Gina's head just like popped up over the bookshelves and went, me too. And then she just came right on over and we just started talking right then and there. (laughs) And here you go. We haven't stopped. We're just talking some more. And now we found out a way to do it permanently. Yes. On a podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) Two like-minded Aquarians. But honestly, I've never met anyone who was my same sun, moon, and rising. Me either. Okay. And everyone that I've talked to who is really into astrology and asks people on a regular basis what their signs are, no one has ever met someone who has the same big three as them. So it's a pretty rare connection to be made. Definitely. <laughs> honestly. And um, we... I do see myself in you a lot, and I think you see yourself in me. I see myself in you all the time. It's so funny. <laughs> You're like, there's me, older. Um, you know, but I've I've worked out a lot of my issues. <laughs> I mean, you're so much more in grounded in the line than I was, and I'm really excited for you that you're not going to – it doesn't seem like you're going to have to go through some of the struggles I went through because – just even learn learning the things that we've been talking about. I, yeah. If I had that back when at your age, right. my life would have been a lot different. Yeah. So that's why we're really very propelled and interested in and in showing this stuff to other people and seeing yeah. if it helps them. Absolutely. It's also interesting that we both came from a entertainment industry background, kind of. And you already mentioned how that 
really affected you energetically. Yeah. And I definitely feel that as well. I come from a dance background more so. And being in the dance industry, there's a lot of things that go on with your image and how you look and aesthetics and just, it's a very tough industry. You deal with a lot of rejection and energy from others. So coming from that environment and getting into energy work, it's like you said, you know, you just get kind of addicted to it because now I can't imagine going to a dance job without grounding myself and grounding the space before I go in because otherwise I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much chaotic energy here. I can't even handle this. <laughs> no, it's such a, I, I have one quick little story that's kind of funny. When I started learning about grounding and um, we have this on our website at deliberatedhealer.com if you want to look or just send us an email and I could email you some instructions on how to ground yourself. But I, I did it... In, I, I did, of course, a couple tests, right? And I did one at a yoga studio. I was doing Bikram. Yeah. Okay. And it was a little studio. And so I was like, I'm going to ground the whole studio while everybody's working and ground everybody. And it was weird because one girl obviously didn't want to be grounded or she didn't like to be grounded. And she started acting like a chicken. She started like doing this weird dance and like, and I kind of felt bad. And I, at first, you know, this was new for me and I, I I didn't know how I was like unground, unground. (laughs) But the stuff that was in her space just so did not want to be grounded that uh, she was having, um, sort of like an energetic episode and it was kind of scary. And I'll never forget that because she was just making these weird, you know, strange movements in the, you know, we're doing like these, like we're standing on one leg kind of things. And, um, so it's very serious. Oh, that is the wildest (laughs) thing. Whoa. Yeah. I ground my car. I ground my projects. I ground my home. I ground my dogs just to quickly talk about like what grounding is. Cause that's the number, why we talk about it so much. Cause that's the number one thing you do It's your release mechanism. So basically, have you ever seen an electrician who comes in and puts electricity in the house without adding a grounding to the property? No. The first thing they do is they add a grounding cord to the property. And that's so they can contain the energy and then move it into the rooms that they want it to move in. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing a grounding cord does. So we're all a big ball of energy. Yeah. And if we don't have a grounding that connects us, then we're kind of all over the place. So that just tells us where our energy go and where do, do we let it go this way or that way. Um, it also is our release rec- mechanism for things that aren't serving us. So fears, anxieties, any type of resentments or judgments or criticisms or all that kind of stuff. So yeah. now we've created a pathway and what you do is you, you actually imagine a cord coming off your hips that's at least two inches wider than your hips Imagine that grounding cord hitting the ground and traveling all the way to the center of the earth and connecting to the center of the earth and actually trying to stay the same shape or wider even towards the very end and just put your body in release. And like I said before, even if this was a placebo thing, it would make you feel better to know that you have a way or permission to let go of all that stuff. Yes. And you're doing it for yourself like you said, so it just makes it yeah. all the more impactful. Yeah. Um, I'm really big on talking about how we can help people who are suicidal mm-hmm. because 
we lose 132 people a day right now in America from suicide. Oh my gosh. And something like 48,000 people, more people than all these different things put together, different illnesses, car accidents, everything all put together. Yeah. And this is all preventable, all preventable. And a lot of times I've been working with kids that I would say are about 16 years old, 17 years old. The first thing I, te- when I teach them how to ground, you almost see an immediate change in them. Literally tears will pop out of their eyes because they instantly can feel that this works for them and it's a release. Yeah. And the last girl that I talked to right after our first session, she said, I finally feel like I'm getting the help that I need. You know, she's been going to all these different therapists and all these, um, trying different things and even medications. And I'm not going to proponent it that one way or another that's up to the parents and their whole plan but for a simple just a release of energy like that yeah that wasn't an actual chemical that they put in their body that that just made my day to hear a 16 year old girl, girl say that because potentially that could have might have saved her life yeah because if we can we're constantly consuming especially people of this age you know, they, they're a lot of them maybe are, you know, we, before we, they used to have a lot of kids. So people at like eight, nine, 10 kids or five kids or four kids. Now, usually the typical kid is one kid per family or two kids per family. Most it's just two or four, uh, expensive. Yeah. So they don't have this big tribe. They don't come from a big tribe. They're usually like single kids in the family. They don't have anyone they can really talk to. They are overwhelmed by media Mm-hmm. images from everywhere you look. Yeah. So if you do not have a skill on how do you take that image and not absorb that into your body and yeah. being a hundred percent, I, I can tell why they would be miserable. Oh my gosh. Right. Uh, you mean I don't look like that? You mean I don't have that kind of car? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have that kind of bag. You know, how can I, you know, if you think about these kids using filters to change the way they look, you know, when they're dancing around at what age is like seven or, you know, I'm seeing them very young. It's very young. It's crazy to me, honestly. Yeah. I didn't, get, I didn't even get a cell phone until I was 16. So I like really did not grow up with that world of technology. And I'm very grateful for that in so many ways. I think it makes it easier for me to Oh, step man. back, you know, and I look at these. And you're young. I mean, yeah. you're still I'm 27 now. Yeah. And I honestly can't even imagine what it would be like to grow up consuming social media at age seven, eight, nine, like I am now at 27. Yeah. Well, congratulations, your parents. That was a good move. It was a good move. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Linnaeus, mom and dad. So the one other thing about the energy that I I always go to is the first chakra and chakras are a real thing and you can look them up. And this is something that science has proven. They're energy centers. What are chakras? What are chakras chakras for people who don't know? Chakras are energy centers that are collected on a, um, a variety of places on our body. Actually, if you go to the diagrams and look up chakra, they're going to show you the main seven. Yeah. Those are the ones that typical people, when they're first learning about chakras are. But in reality, we have sh- little chakras all over all our body. Over, yeah. yeah. 
And um, so we have the first one, which is the root chakra, and the second one, which is the sacral. And the third one, which is the solar plex. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one, which is the heart. And then we have the throat chakra. The third eye chakra. Yep. And And then then our crown. And then our crown. So those are the typical ones. We have some way above the crown and some way below the crown. Mm -hmm. We actually have little chakras in the center of our palms. And in our feet. And in our feet. Yeah. And then all around our body is little tiny chakras just kind of swimming right above our skin, if you believe that. It really makes you think about how you're just such an energetic being moving through this world when you think about the chakras like that. One of the favorite things about my chakras, my chakras, all of our chakras that Mm -hmm. I learned, is that each chakra has 11 lines in it or 12 circles, and they all run independently of each other. So it's not just one chakra moving in one direction. Mm -hmm. It's 12 different layers, like a spiral. Yeah. Yeah. And in in the lines is a bright, vibrant blue, Mm -hmm. and that bright, vibrant blue communicates to the, directly to the outside layer of our body. So there's a little blue line energetic around our entire body. Yeah. And then from there, we have an energetic line that goes around our aura that's a bright blue aura, mm-hmm. like a tiny, tiny line mm-hmm. that's energy. And that's how our chakras communicate with our body and our aura. Interesting. Yes. And each one of those 12 circles can be a different color and they, they move independently. So I find that very interesting when they talk about, when they show the diagrams of all the colors. Yeah. Because it's true, they do kind of vibrate towards that that area of color, like red is, you know, the root chakra. Yeah. But in reality, we have all different colors in that area. Yeah, absolutely. I think the colors that go along with the chakras, we will talk about in another episode, I'm sure is that orange tends to be linked with creativity. And yeah. creativity is linked with your sacral chakra. So that's why it all of orange is the sacral chakra. Yeah, that makes you know? sense. So same thing, you know. Yeah, and yellow, green. It has to do with your personal power and yeah. your like your willpower and your ambition. And that's your solar plexus, which is your manifestation center in your body. Yeah. So it makes sense that it would be associated with yellow. Yeah, and I... Uh, attribute yellow to seniority. Yes. So that personal power, um, I bring that color when, again, going back to getting ready for meetings or doing something hardcore, like speaking in front of a bunch of people. Yes. You know, call call in some yellow energy. (laughs) Call in some seniority. I'm supposed to be here. Yes. And green for healing Mm. in the heart space. That's why the green, purple for the third eye. Yep. Yep, lots of intuition there. Yeah, and which way do I turn left? Do I turn right? Should I hang out with this person? Yeah. Should I go on this date? Yeah. Um, what are the other ones? <laughs> pink. <laughs> I don't think pink is associated with a chakra. No, it's not. That's just a color that you like. <laughs> I love pink. Well, I mean, I don't think I had a single piece of clothing that was pink my entire life until the last couple of years. I can definitely agree with that. And once you love pink, you just love it because you realize, oh my God, 
that just vibrates. It's pink is love yeah. and giggling and friendship mm-hmm. and just being silly. Just good feels. And I've wanted to be good feels for a while. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. Yeah, I love the pink, but now I wear a lot more pink and I'm not, I understand why. It, it takes you a while to get there. It does. It does. I definitely went through my phase where I wore all black every day. And now I feel like black wearing black really brings me down in some ways. You know, like I just don't want to be wearing all black every day. And I always used to avoid wearing pink because of my coloring. I have blonde hair and blue eyes and it yeah. just gave very Barbie to other people. And that's not how I wanted to come off to them. <laughs> so I literally avoided wearing pink for that reason. But now I just realized that wearing certain colors really brings that energy towards you a lot more. It brings that energy into yeah. your life. And wearing pink is, like you said, it's just such a vibrant and loving color. And I feel like everybody's just in a better mood when I wear pink. Yeah. And you as know, as crazy as that sounds, I remember wearing red dresses and say to art galleries and oh, things like yeah. that, I would always get hit on a lot oh just with the red dresses yes yes crazy yep so wear some red dresses don't is don't do the black little dress if you're looking for a partner do the red red yes the color of passion yeah bring it all out yeah definitely absolutely. what about white white clothing white energy what do you think about that well white typically represents just very pure energy you know nothing can compete with the white light basically so it washes out any darkness any negativity anything like that so when people are doing healings or a full moon ritual or something along those lines wearing all white really brings in that energy where you like negative energy has no place there and wearing all white really I feel like that's why people do it yeah actually I can't wear really heavy colors when I go to sleep anymore I have to wear all the lighter. Interesting. Yeah, it helps me sleep better. Interesting. I just can't wear pants anymore when I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Where did your pants go? I mean, I take them off before I go okay. to sleep. <laughs> I actually like wearing pants. But it's just the thing. They're just not black. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's super cool. Yeah. So beyond that, what other experiences do you have with colors? What other elements would you well, relate that to? I think it's cool to note because I came from marketing that a lot of agencies, if when, it's funny because you, they'll say, oh, this color stuff is kind of hooey or whatever, right? Yeah. Well, do you understand how much money very, very expensive, rich corporations use to talk, to build all of their marketing campaigns and design their logos? Right. And then you look at somebody like AT&T, Blue. Blue is all about communication. Yes. You know, T-Mobile, let's go with that. Let's just go with the cellular people. Pink, you know, friendship right in your face. Even... I feel like they're the friendliest, like, yeah. cellular company there is, to yeah. be honest. But look <laughs> at them. They had to pick. They were like, well, somebody else has blue. Somebody else has pink. Red, yeah. Um, what, Sprint has yellow. Sprint has yellow. But that's all been done through creative agencies to invoke an emotion yes. or to make you pick it. Yeah. 
And there is a lot of science behind it. Tide, that's why Tide, for example, is bright orange. Mm -hmm. And people, they've done tests on it. Well, they will gravitate to the orange in a better way or... You know, so pay attention to colors, especially with marketing and packaging. Yeah. When you try to think that may, these, this is kind of woo-woo and you, you know, no, this isn't real. Well, then why do people pay, you know, over hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars and they pick a color because it, you know, invokes communication? Absolutely. When I was attending Michigan State, my degrees in communications, so I took a lot of classes on mass communication and marketing and just everything in those realms. And there was an entire section in one of my classes that was about using certain colors to invoke feelings in customers. And it is very planned out and thought through. And it's just interesting because while Tide or AT&T may not understand the energetic meaning around the colors that they're they might though they might they might but they're still doing it in line with what those colors represent you know have you ever gone into someone's bedroom and their whole bedroom was their whole bedroom was painted red i have gone into somebody's apartment whose entire place was painted red and it was a very interesting energy in there i didn't really like it it's really hard energy to live in Yes. And especially if it's in your bedroom. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, red is passion, which could be good in the bedroom. <laughs> but, you know, over time, it could create anger because it's just yeah. so intense. Yes. Yeah, you wouldn't want a red bedroom. No, definitely not. <laughs> My bedroom has, you know, pretty sparkly lights and stuff all over the place. <laughs> your bedroom looks like a universe is colliding it, in multiple different ways. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of the best way to do it because I, do you feel like when you're sleeping, you're kind of floating in the universe? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I know for a fact I'm astral projecting some nights, you know? Oh my gosh, we have to do astral we projections to, next. We will definitely be talking about astral projections and dreams and such in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, and we're going to be, I'm just going to go into some of the other things we're going to talk about. Sleep trends, clairvoyant mediums, um hypnotherapy, shamans, ayahuasca, DMT, plant medicines, all the way to life coaches, yoga trainers, all kinds of things. So if you have any suggestions, we are happy to hear them and come together and research some stuff and give you our thoughts on whatever it is. is. So um, hello at theliberatedhealer.com. Go ahead and send us your comments and your suggested topics, and we'll put them on the list. And just want to let you guys know that we have free meditations every Monday from 8.30 to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want to try to do a live class, that's the way to go. But also we'll be, we will be posting a just a recording if that's what you want to add into, a, about 20-minute recording, add into your daily meditation, which is something, again, that we talked about that we think is really good to get you centered from ready for the day and ready to take on anything that you want. So I'm just going to wrap it up here and say thank you for joining us again on this podcast, Liberated Healer, with my co-host. Thank you for having me, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Yep, and uh, we're looking forward to the next one. Thank you. Ciao. If you enjoyed this podcast, show your support by finding us online at theliberatedhealer.com 
and there you can find all of our social handles. Podcast.